Hi, welcome to Unscripted by Twine. I'm Diana Rao, and I'm your host. In this podcast, my guests choose from a library of deep and thought-provoking questions, and we just talk about it for 15 or 20 minutes. Our hypothesis is that as long as we choose meaningful questions, we'll end up in a conversation worth having. As Carl Sagan says, we make our world significant by the courage of our questions and the depth of our answers. Ready? Let's go. Okay, I'm very excited to welcome my friend David onto Unscripted. Are you ready to talk about freedom today? I, I am very excited. I'm free and ready to talk about freedom. <laughs> okay, amazing. So I, I guess there's a question of where we can start here because there's a couple, I mean, a, a lot of the questions that we have here are interwoven. So actually, I think, I think it, it makes sense to start with just the opposite of freedom. When when have you felt the most powerless in your life? Sure. The most powerless I've ever felt was, was definitely um, when I was 12, uh, my father died. And it was completely out of the blue. You know, for all I knew, he was perfectly healthy. Um, he had a bit of a heart condition, but I, you know, 12 year old me didn't really know. Um, and he had a heart attack when he went out for a run and never came back. And at the time, my mother uh, was suffering from some health issues that followed her uh, for the rest of her life until she passed away just uh, two years ago. But she was not really able to take care of me and my brother. And so my father was sort of the bulwark of, of, the, of, of the family. I mean, he was the entire structure. So with him just suddenly out of the blue being removed like that, I was suddenly faced with with, with the challenge of, you know, how do I, how do I take care of myself? I never had to do it before. And, and within the span of a week, my life changed so dramatically with my father passing and my mother going to sort of a long-term care facility. And then me, me and my brother were just suddenly basically all alone. Uh, we had an aunt move in, but she had never had kids in her life. <laughs> and it, it, I felt so incredibly helpless and powerless. It's a feeling that still sticks with me today. And it's, I knew from that moment on that I always wanted to have control. I never wanted to feel that way again. Wow. Okay. First of all, um, thank you for sharing because the, the amount of just the amount of uh, just awareness and, and work and just vulnerability it takes to share that. Thank you. Um, as you think through how this, how, how this, like this shaped you. So you came out of this thinking, I never want to feel this powerlessness again. Mm -hmm. What were your next moves? Was it to figure out how to find what, what did like as much freedom look like as possible for you? Or what did, um, what did I never want to be out of control like this again, look like for you? Like what choices were made based on that root, you know, yeah. root cause? I think my, my, brother and I, twin brother, uh, we both sort of knew that it, we were, it was up to us now really to be the masters of our own destinies. I think we put in a lot more effort into, into school, into getting into college after that. My brother actually ended up being salutatorian of our high school. Um, and you know, we, we just worked so hard. We kept our heads down and sort of threw ourselves really into school because there was structure in school. There was, there was a mobility, upward mobility in school. And it was something that we sort of lacked at, at home, which felt now stagnant and a bit 
um, unstructured, a bit chaotic, really. Um, the home became a place of, of powerlessness. I think I felt most free at school at that point. And then throughout college, you know, I had tons of friends who were able to, you know, go home for the weekend or whatever it was, or go home for, for breaks. I never had that, that luxury. So I knew that I always had to have, you know, well, I can't go home for summer break. So I have to find that next internship. I have to find that next job. I need to work two jobs, you know, every semester so I can support myself. And I, I, I did that. And I knew that to establish as much control over my own self as possible was its own freedom. Mm. That freedom to determine my life, determine my destiny, live life in, in, um, on my own terms. So th that, that was the direction that I've taken it. And it's made me very much a more independent person. Um, and it's definitely informed my conception of freedom, a freedom of someone who is completely um, in control of, of, their, of their desires, of their, of their situation, their living situation. And that, that's, that's how I've, I've decided to live, live my life since. When, okay, so this is really incredible. The fact that you've created all of this control, independence in your life. Do you, is there anything about that incredible sense of ownership that makes you feel less free? I'm just curious. I mean, this might go nowhere, but I'm just curious about like all the constructs you've created to say, I, I want, you know, I'm going to create this control because I never want to feel, feel powerless again. Um, whether that's, I'm going to work the two jobs, I'm going to do the extra things. I'll do all, all the stuff. Like I'll do all the stuff to make sure that I'm self-sustaining and independent. Is there any element of that that makes you feel not free? So the way I look at it, there are, it's a far as responsibilities that are necessary responsibilities. And then there are responsibilities that can sort of be seen as burden burdens, even welcome burdens. For example, owning a pet, owning a dog. It's something that many people love. I used to own a dog when I, you know, when I was a child, I loved it, but that in and of itself is a burden. You have to take care of the dog. You have to walk the dog. You can't just like, leave for a week or two because the dog is there and needs to be fed, whatever it is. And so I, I have made a very concerted effort to cut out the sort of unnecessary responsibilities in my life. Mm. Otherwise, I mean, you know, there are things that are expected of all of us. All of us mm -hmm. are expected to have jobs and to take care of, of oneself. Um, and, you know, th those are all important. And those don't feel necessarily like a burden to me. Um, but of course it's different for some people. Some people, you know, may feel that, that there's, that, uh, certain parts of, of self-care are burdens. Um, but that was never my conception. My, my, uh, maximization of freedom does, for me personally, go hand in hand with creating as much opportunity and options and stability for myself as possible. Okay. Yeah, there's a there's a thing that I used I was uh, quite obsessed with for a period of time optionality the concept for mm -hmm. people like who care about freedom optionality mm -hmm. is one of the most important single most important things. Um, I agree with that. I agree with that definitely. And I I used to feel back in um when I was in college that I needed that optionality so much that I felt scared of being like you know in one place for too long and then settled down and you know then developing those chains you know buying a house somewhere or something like that. Uh, every, every summer in college, I used to try and, and, and get away, right? I, would, I went to Iraq one summer and worked. I went to Greece one summer and worked. I enjoyed that because I felt so free being able to just drop everything and leave for a couple of months. And now that I'm here, 
uh, in Washington, D.C. I'm enrolled in a, in a graduate program and I'm here and I have this full-time job that I work. That, that initially did feel like a loss of freedom, but it's and it changed and formed my, my evolved sense of, of, of freedom with, with that newfound stability. How, how um, the, the, there's an interesting thing about change that convert into freedom and freedom that becomes change, like change, mm -hmm. perceived freedom. And, it ha and what you're describing here with this being in a, in a stable full-time job with, a, with you know, the, the degree and all this kind of stuff, feeling like constraints, but also being its own source of freedom once you chose it. Um, I had a, I actually had a very similar type situation and I think, I think it's really interesting. And it, it also, it also makes me really think about, do you have any stories that you can share about just when you have felt the most free? Because freedom is really hard to explain. Some, sometimes it's like the absence of chains. Sometimes it's the chains that somehow convert into anchors and you're like, oh great, I have my anchor. And that feels like freedom because you can fly. And that's the thing I'm talking about. Like sometimes how is it that this thing that used to be a chain is now an anchor and the anchor then becomes a chain sometimes and you don't feel, so do you have any tangible sort of um, anchors that you yourself hold on to of what freedom feels like, like stories of what feel, freedom feels like to you? Huh. Well, I, I, for me, those are, those are two separate things. Um, definitely right now, like my anchor of, of, of my, my work, which I enjoy, I, I love my job. That, that in and of itself is what I, it was something that I thought would one day be a chain is in, is in fact an anchor. And I love that word. I think that's such a great way to describe that. It really is my anchor, my rock, if you will, like, you know, it's rooting me in this place. Um, and it's sort of the idea because the anchor you eventually pull up so you can set sail when you're ready. And so one day, am I going to be in this job forever? No, you know, and that's okay. Cause I know that I'll be moving on to, to, to some greater opportunity. Um, Insofar as the time I felt the most free, well, it was a bit paradoxical, I think. So uh, in 2018, I uh, volunteered in a refugee camp on the island of Lesbos in Greece. Wow. Um, I did search and rescue. I did like education, like ESL education with, with the kids. Um, and and one day after, after a shift, and the, these shifts are, you know, in the camps, they're emotionally draining, they're physically draining. Um, and right there, you know, you're dealing with some of the most unfree people in the world, entirely due to circumstances outside of their control. And I was, it was after a shift, and I was, we had this, um, in the boarding house that we all lived in, all the volunteers, it was sort of up on a hill overlooking the Aegean. And I was in this, this hammock, looking out over the Aegean, reading um, actually Walden by Thoreau. And that, funnily enough, the, the book itself was given to me at like a Burning Man event, which there you go, insofar as freedom, it's the <laughs> ultimate question of freedom. Yep. Um, but I was reading this book and I was, I was looking at a sort of the, 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 you know, day turning into night over the Aegean. And I felt this intense feeling of, of freedom that I could do whatever I wanted with my life. But I found it, it was quickly replaced with a sense of shame, knowing that just a few miles north of me were some of the most unfree people in the world who would never have those, that level of freedom that I enjoyed, that I would enjoy in my life. And so it, it, it sparked in me sort of the, the thought, and it's not an original thought, um, of like, can any person 
claim to be free when there are other people suffering? Our, is our liberation oh. bound up in the liberation of all other people? You know, and that, that of course, is deeply political. Because um, there, there are plenty of schools of thought, you know, perhaps anarchists, socialists, who would say no, you know. I, I think Eugene Debs, a famous American socialist, what said something about uh, along the lines of, you know, as, as long as they're the, the meanest, poorest folks in the world, like, that's how free I am too. I'm paraphrasing, of course. But he's, he, I will never be richer or freer than the, the lowest of the low in this world. Oh, but then you could look at the right libertarian view of, of personal freedoms that, that, you know, disregards all about rugged individualism. That as long as you have your personal freedoms, you are as, as, as you've maximized your, your liberty. What is it that you believe? I mean, what do you think when it comes this, this, I mean, freedom defined as the freedom of all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is that where you stand or how, or do you even, I mean, as not even just stand, like, how do you think about something like this? Well, I think that it comes down to, to two conceptions of freedom. One being the, um, the sort of the, the negative, the negatives in, in them, like there's the absence of obstacles. You know, there's the absence of, of laws or something, you know, you can do whatever you want. So it's the, the, the negative view, but then there's the positive view of the access, the access to opportunities. So instead of the absence of something, there is the presence of something. And I think that's very much like the right, the right view and the leftist view. Um, and I, I, you know, identify more, more along the leftist view, I would say, um, you know, just because, you know, th there's nothing technically stopping you from doing X, Y, and Z, you know, we don't have, you know, mass censorship in this country. We don't have, you know, anyone can go and start a business, things like that. Um, but that doesn't mean that anyone really can. You can in theory, but you know, it's access to, to capital, access to economic opportunities. Uh, the absence of, of um, or I should say, equal opportunity insofar as, as um, racial discrimination or something like that, religious discrimination. Um, I, I do align myself more along the leftist view. I, I think that, that our liberations really are bound up in each other's and that to be free as a society, I think everybody needs to, needs to be free. I mean, that makes things a lot more complicated, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. It yeah. certainly does. But is that not the most, one of the most defining political struggles of the past 200, 300, 400 years? Yeah. I mean, look at, look at Haiti or something, yeah. right? They had in, well, I think it was 1789, maybe? They had their rebellion, right? They, the slave rebellion. Um, and they threw off the, the shackles of, of slavery and they gained independence from France. But... The French government then said, okay, fine, you know, you're free now, you have your independence, but you need to reimburse us for our stolen property, the property being slaves. And Haiti was shackled with this multi-million dollar debt that I think they only were able to pay off in the past 10, 20 years, 30 years maybe. That's insane. Is that freedom? No, it's, it's stymied Haiti's development and it's still the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere. So mm -hmm. in a sense, freedom to a point. Mm. How do you, how do you, so bringing it down to a more granular level, let's mm -hmm. say that there's a world of people who are free and then there's a world of people who are not free. In your own personal circles, 
Uh, and let's sort of let's remove the political socioeconomical and just think about um, for the for the for the purpose of 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 sort of this discussion. Sure. Isolate to um, mental freedom. So the freedom to the ability. So the freedom to choose your path. The free the freedom that you define for yourself. The the freedom to have power over your destiny, which actually not everyone has that freedom, yeah. or they they haven't taken ownership of or that control of their lives do you see the same sort of thing where i don't know there's so much discussion around uh self-care and right. taking care of your own energy and not being around negative influences but mm -hmm. is it is it negative energy just sometimes people who haven't freed themselves in many ways and do you see it as then your your duty obligation and being free to uplift friends or people you know who aren't free the way you are or is there a point at which you're like how do you think about that is there a point at which you say no I got to deal with my own self-care because it's like it's energy drain like I can't there's a finite amount of people that I can lift up in my life when they're saying I can't do this I just can't do it I'm gonna fail the world is against me and how how do you think about that because to me that's like a that's like one of the that's one of the tactical IRL like day-to-day sort right. of representations of what you're describing on this okay. level of can you feel free when others are not mm -hmm. yeah and i think we all have friends like that in our lives right i think we all all do you know there there are plenty of people in everyone's lives that that are you know those debbie downers if you will those those negative folks or they're dealing with something really hard um and you can help them, right? There are ways to help people, definitely. And as friends, you know, one one should. Um, that being said, of course, there is, you know, you can't help someone who refuses to help themselves. And I think we've all encountered that. You know, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. Um, they say that the biggest, ob the, the the most difficult obstacles in your life are the ones you put there yourself. And at least mentally mentally speaking spiritually speaking i would i would agree with that mm. so there's almost like there's a realm of you can't be free from a political like from a politically free so like economically free perspective but until all are free but then at some point there's like when you get into the realm of let's call it mental freedom or mm -hmm. whatever that looks like that's a world in which because it's, so it's just what you just said, right? This, this thought of, um, you can't lead a horse to water. There are so many ways to slice that when it yeah. comes down to thinking about, well, how, 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 what are we talking about here? Are we talking about like decades of trauma? Are we talking about, um, are we talking about history and, and are we talking about the, like all, all these, all these different things that are going on within a person's background to then lead to a certain outcome yeah. of how free they feel. It's almost like, I think what I'm trying to think it through is what are the different quadrants? How do you categorize all these different freedoms and which are the freedoms in which we should never settle and say, I feel free. Those people don't, that's okay. And which are the ones where it's like, I feel free, those people aren't willing. Mm -hmm. There's there's a different, like, there's like a different thing going on here, right? There's like two kinds of freedom we're talking about. And it's very different. Is that right? How, how do you think about that? I suppose one could divide them sort of as, you know, intrinsic and extrinsic freedoms, you know, mm -hmm. internal 
freedoms, like like the spiritual, like the mental. Yes. Right? And that, I suppose, is sort of a stoicism, like Epictetus might say, like, or Seneca, right? The, you know, you're, you have, you're the only person who has total control of your own mind. No one can take that away from you. They can take away your clothes, your house, your wife, whatever, but they can never take away your thoughts and how you feel. That's complete, that is up to you. Now, we are the sum total of our lived experiences and people develop certain, you know, neural pathways and ways of thinking, certainly. Um, but overall, right, you're, that it, it is, you know, it is up to you to climb that mountain, no one can climb it for you. And then of course there are the external freedoms, economic freedoms, uh, you know, political freedoms, all of that, which may or may not be in your control. That's amazing. Did you just come up with that intrinsic and extrinsic, extrinsic freedoms? I've never heard that before. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it all of a sudden made it clear. Cause I was like, Oh my God, what is, what, is, what are we talking about here? Are we being like absolutely crazy about talk? But yeah, the, it, you're exactly right. That's, that makes so much sense. There's yeah. actually, this is this might be part of the this is might be a chapter in the book intrinsic Ooh. freedoms extrinsic freedoms because that's like you can't talk about freedom without talking about the extrinsic freedoms absolutely that's being made there amazing that's all about i mean if you have ever read the stoics say marcus aurelius any of these people they know they're all about the only thing you can truly control is what goes on in your head everything else ultimately you know you may or may not be able to control but you can always reliably control control what goes on inside inside your mind and it's of course it's something you have to learn um it's something definitely it's it's not something that happens overnight but you know every you know your mind is its own is its own world you know we the only thing separating the universe from the outside to the universe inside is the firmament of your own skin ultimately yeah and the door between the two is your own perception it really is Oh my gosh, David, we got really philosophical and political here. You're a little out of my league. I've got to be real. I haven't been at Georgetown for too long. My brain's melted. It's like really <laughs> like you're way. I was like, oh my gosh, I bring it all back. Thank you for your time though. This has been great. It was my pleasure. It really was. Thank you for the opportunity. Always longer. We can talk long. We, we, can, we can record unlimited number of episodes, but um, have a beautiful weekend. I'm going to pause the recording now.